Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the Dobbin Art 318, it's WWE Survivor Series 2020 and I have the pleasure to be joined again by Jaxie Scarlett, how are you doing? Hey, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Uh, and of course you haven't been back on since I think Night of Champions, so what yes. have you been up to and what, what were your thoughts on WWE since that event? Yeah, just been obviously keeping up to date with all wrestling news and stuff. I thought going into Survivor Series, this was going to be quite an interesting one, considering they hadn't um, included NXT in this one. Um, So I was definitely excited to um, kind of watch this this week's this year's one and see see uh, how different it would actually be. Yeah, well, what better way to kick off then with kickoff for the event? And of course, it's November 22nd, 2020 on the kickoff panel. We have Charlie Crusoe. JBL, Jerry the King, Lawyer, Booker T and Peter Rosenberg. And one of the things I'm looking at the panel is uh, back in 2004, so 16 years ago now, JBL and Booker T faced each other for the WWE Championship and now they're on the kickoff panel. I wonder in 16 oh, years' wow. time, I wonder if 16 years' time McIntyre and Reigns will be on the kickoff panel for the uh, 20th century. <laughs> it would definitely be interesting to see if they kind of plan it out that way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's we'll just little For the next 16 years. And then, yeah. uh, and then we can actually uh, think about that. So I'll definitely keep that in mind in 16 years' time. <laughs> right. Uh, but the question is, like I said, we're heading into Survivor Series with no NXT. It's Raw versus SmackDown. Does brand supremacy matter now in WWE? Um, I mean, I realistically, I kind of felt that more come from the invasion of NXT last year. Um, I didn't, uh, with the build-up towards Survivor Series, as much as I was looking forward to the matches, um, I didn't feel that brand versus brand was like so much a uh, uh, sort of necessity for them to to point out. I think it was more just sort of personality versus personality more than anything. Well, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, you've got so many people, and I think we're going to get onto that in a little bit as well, people mm. that have been a part of SmackDown for so long and now representing Team Raw and vice versa. The fact yeah. is, what do the wrestlers get out of it? If there's a carryout of saying, right, if you win the men's match or the women's match, then you might be number one contender. I always remember at Survivor Series, I think when Maven was a part of it, and every member was awarded something because they won the match. And I think that makes uh, more yeah. sense. It does. It felt it felt like there was no sort of payoff to the brand winning um, this year, which is a little bit disappointing. I know that they tried to kind of um, incorporate that into Raw and in uh, the most recent Raw, last night's Raw. But um, yeah, it, it, it's not got the same it factor as what it did uh, years ago, you know, as you said, with the with the whole reward system. Of it wrapped out. And we see on the um, the kickoff as well, we see Heyman interview, say McIntyre is a babysitter for a belt and Roman Reigns is a true champion. <laughs> Natalia and Belair join the panel and they ask themselves, who is the SmackDown captain? We see Rikishi backstage, uh, which is always mm. cool to see. Of course, uh, the Usos. I've watched wrestling for so long. I'm still freaked out that Rikishi, you know, the Usos are Rikishi's sons. Because yeah, I used to watch yeah. it, you know, I was like, no, yeah. Rikishi's not that old, is he? He can't be, like. Mm. It, it, is, it is a little bit uh, scary to think about it, to be honest. But um, I did actually get um, to watch a lot of the Total Diva show when Naomi was still part of it. So uh, there was a lot of talk about Rikishi on there. So I feel like I've gotten used to the fact that they're his sons now. Um, but it is really strange considering, you know, you, you, you knew or remember what Rikishi was like in the ring, you know, like his set moves that he always used to do. It's very different to, uh, compared to what his sons are doing in, in uh, the ring at the moment. Um, but I think that Rikishi's 
must look at this and just look at how much pr- uh, pride he's got for his sons because they're doing a great job. I think without a doubt, you know, and well, again, we get on to it, but that, that Savari Series event felt like it was there for uh, the Sami Zayn on the panel and he wants respect. And he seemed a, ban- a bit anti-USA, which is, I hope they don't go that way with Sami because he's, he's so much better than that. Uh, yeah, agreed. And then we see our truth who thought it was 30 years of celebrating the gobbledygooker at, at Survivor Series. <laughs> oh my god. And then I the... had a little bit I had a little bit of an issue with the, with that whole segment to be honest. I don't think that we needed to lower the standards of the 24/7 belt by having the gobbledygooker win it. I mean it was nice that it was just sort of like highlighting 30 years since his, his first appearance, but I just feel like, you know, even though our truth is great with the belt and he's doing really, you know, some good stuff with it, they didn't need to give it to the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we said, the gobbledygooker is uh, the 24-7 champion for now. Mm-hmm. And then we get on to the yeah. Battle Royal and uh, the uh, Dominic Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, Murphy. Uh, the three of them came out together. So obviously it's the Mysterio family unit now. Uh, Miz and Morrison, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Bobby Roode, Ziggler, Chad Gable, Elias, Apollo Cruz, Alberto Carrillo, An- Angel Garza, Kalisto Ricochet and Jeff Hardy. Now, this wasn't announced till really later on and we've kind of thrown together. Um, yeah, all the, I'm no, a lot shocked. I'm, I'm really shocked that they didn't do any more sort of like social media uh, promotion for this, even if it was sort of just put together last minute, they could have been promoting it online. So that came as a bit of a shock for me to find out it was on the kickoff show. And the, the kind of name talent that was in there. I mean, I originally went for Otis because I'd forgotten he was on the SmackDown men's team. That's how much I pay yeah. attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, someone that I went predictions went went Big E, but apparently mm. Big E and Lars weren't involved in this one because uh, they want to be protected. So, and we saw Big uh. E later on. In- so, uh, but Dominic mm-hmm. scored the first stunning elimination of the uh, match as he eliminated John Morrison straight off the uh, belt. Dolph Ziggler then dumped Mysterio and the Hurt Business earned a few eliminations till Ricochet delivered a massive suplex that sent Alexander packing. Cruz got a measure of revenge on the Hurt Business, eliminating Benjamin to clear the faction from the match. Murphy and Ziggler mm-hmm. teed off on each other on the apron until Rude sent the former to the locker room. Dominic knocked Rude to the floor and paired off with a show off. Neil Vice blind charged to ring post drop it for Dominic led to Ziggler's departure. Cross the ring, Hardy eliminated Nakamura, then continues his rivalry with Elias uh, before getting eliminated himself. And then we saw Gable and Dominic teaming up to battle Ross Hardy and the Miz. And the commentators were going, Oh, this is the the past versus the future. Well, no, it's not. You've been treating Gable awfully recently, and you know, Dominic's yeah. kind of involved in this. Uh, Gable yeah. did look fantastic in this though. He eliminated Hardy with a clothesline. Uh, Miscount six four nine by Dominic with big boot to the face. Then Dominic appeared to have eliminated Miz. Uh, Miz went over the top, and then as he's falling, he's rolled back underneath the bottom rope and then back out. And apparently that's not an elimination because he's come back into the ring. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, everybody knew at this point that he hadn't been eliminated, but then Dominic eliminated Gable, celebrated as if he'd had one, and then the Miz came back in and sent Dominic over the top. Uh, so the the Miz does get the win. Didn't they do this this similar storyline with the women's battle royale um, just a short while back? Where was it Natalia uh, 
thought she'd won or and then Lana came in and just chucked her out too wasn't wasn't that something similar we we have seen this countless of times now especially recently with someone thinking they've been eliminated and not obviously you know when it's done right it it looks good but at this point you're just going well out of all the name yeah. talent there you know you're thinking well the Miz has probably got the biggest name I keep counting him out because I still think the Miz is the Miz from a couple of years ago and they've got a little bit of confidence with him now because I wrote him off at Hell in the Cell when he won Money in the Bank um yeah and he won this one Gable did look good but uh, obviously the Miz came out on top do you think the Miz is a right call what do you think of the Miz and the direction they're going at the moment with him so I actually um was really excited when sort of like a uh, asshole type uh, Miz was coming back to, into into things because I thought like he he's so much better as sort of like that pompous arrogant uh, wrestler that's just always spitting it on the mic you know um, however this I, I feel like this sort of uh, p- partnership with John Morrison is not really doing anything for either wrestler and I think that both of them would actually be probably off better being in a singles competition so I'm kind of ready for like there to be some sort of turning whether it be Miz on John Morrison or Morrison on the Miz and and them start having their own uh singles runs um especially with the Miz having this uh money in the bank belt now I don't really feel like they need to be uh kind of partnering up continuously no you know we need to see some dissension within the ranks you know of uh Morrison and Miz you know disapproving or Morrison maybe getting a bit upset like the Miz is getting a bit of a limelight I just hope Miz yeah. is money in the bank just for the reason so he cashes in on McIntyre and then McIntyre can win in front of fans again if if they do it in yeah. that way I'm more than happy mm. I can't see any other way I can't see like the Miz headlining Wrestlemania if you know what I mean yeah, definitely not. I, I still see it as they, I think, I definitely think with the way that things go uh, throughout the rest of the night, I think that they are setting it up so that we've got a Roman Reigns versus McIntyre at WrestleMania. So I don't see them as being a, a part of that picture, to be honest. No, I don't think, it, you know, like I said, I've got no problem with the Miz, but there's a character that's been treated a certain way and you can't mm. turn him into kind of a serious threat uh, after yeah. this time. Uh, prediction mm-hmm. wise on that like I said predictions after losing the last event to select match pod and another guy see it was a 2-1 beatdown it was unfair we challenged mm. both of them Brandon Scans walked away because he was too scared that's what I'm saying and select match pod <laughs> accepted um, for uh, like I said he went biggie I went um, Otis so neither of us got a point we also do the polls on Twitter as well and they went team raw for 57% of it so i guess miz gets the win there uh, out of five i'm going to give that a two and three quarters out of five because it was just your bog standard battle royal you know yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm i definitely didn't manage to catch all of it i only caught the very ending of it myself um as i wasn't sure, aware of the timing change so for me i would just put it as a 2.5 as well because it feels like a very similar ending to what we've had uh, multiple times now for Battle Royales. Yeah. And then we see Corbin and Billy Kay backstage. And then that is it for kickoff. And we move on to the opening promo of the main show. And I don't want to say it was standard, but it was pretty standard opening of, you know, brand supremacy and this is what it means. And then we saw the Untaker highlights on the end. Um, not a bad way to, to start the show, so to speak. But we talked about earlier, what was your excitement level for the event? What were you most looking forward to as we, we go on to the Survivor Series? 
Oh, 100%. I was excited for this. And I think predominantly uh, because of Sasha Banks versus Oscar, I've been waiting for that match, um, that dream match for months now. So, um, and especially when they, we kind of got a preview of it, uh, you know, sort of a few months ago when uh, Sasha briefly took the Raw Championship from Oscar. I was ready for that. Re- yeah, that was definitely the, the number one match I was looking out for. Well, I think let's let's start the show then. Um, we start the show proper with the men's five on five and uh, how we got it. Well, things hasn't been rosy on Raw. AJ wants to be the captain, but no one agrees. Uh, one of these things to talk about brand supremacy, though, you've got Seamus, Riddle and AJ who are all on SmackDown before the draft and Lee was on NXT and now they're all fighting for Raw. Oh, that's very true. It just, that's it really, just doesn't. It's, that's so strange. You know, I didn't even <laughs> think about that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really think this through i feel like this was very last minute <laughs> well when you consider like aj was, uh, aj souls was like the smackdown you know like i said the face that ran the place uh yeah. to come over to raw and you're thinking oh okay um but why would they care but maybe it's the kind of thing of we thought it was going to go one way uh this was seamus's mm-hmm. 10th appearance actually in the roman reigns in 2015 um, Braun Strowman has the joint most eliminations as five series. Uh, AJ faced Brock Lesnar in 2017 in one of probably the, the best matches in Survivor Series history. Yeah, yeah, it was actually. Uh, and then we start off, and Rollins has not moved. That's the one note yeah. I made at the beginning of this match that he oh he did gosh. not move at all. Nope, nope, and he uh, just made it very. It, it it was very obvious to me, I think, as well as to a lot of other people on Twitter that. Uh, he either didn't want to be there or he didn't want to kind of be involved in the match even though he was there in the match so yeah. it was really strange to be honest I've had friends like that when we've gone for nights out and you know when it's when I see someone like that I think no you, you obviously don't want to be here so it's going to be time to go soon uh, like we said yeah. Team Raw had AJ Styles Braun Strowman Seamus Riddle and Keith Lee taking on Team Smackdown Jey Uso Otis King Corbin Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Uh, I do love Kevin Owens, that's, that's fair enough. But the yeah. first drama of the night came when Rollins demanded to be tagged in and um, sacrificed himself. He, he said to Seamus, do you think this has got any other meaning to it ra- uh, rather than him just wanting to take some time off and this being a way of delivering it? Or do you think when he comes back, this will actually mean something? Um, I, I don't think it necessarily means something in terms of him returning and coming back with an explanation as to why he decided to make himself a martyr. Um, But I think that there was a definite talk about, you know, issues of him sort of like uh, being sort of in the same matters riddle. I know they've had their own issues. Um, And I just can't help but feel like they were just using his sort of name to be part of the team, um, sort of more for propaganda and then we're just like, okay, and then we'll just like, you know, write you out straight away. Um, and that could be you off to go and spend your time with uh, Becky and, and have some time off, which is absolutely fine. And it's absolutely fair enough. The main issue that I ha- I had with the way that uh, Seth just happily sacrificed himself for God knows what reason um, is the, you know, I heard that there were other people considered for that spot, you know, and I feel like we would have had a much, even though it was a great match altogether, we would have still had a much better match had it been the likes of either uh, Big E or Sheamus uh, or or Cesaro, sorry, 
or even Shinsuke Nakamura in, as part of the team. I just really feel like there was no real reason as to why Seth needed to be on the team. <laughs> that, uh, to be fair, I was shocked by how the match played out and that kind of with the Rollins involved and maybe he's having someone else there. But again, as the story, like I said, as the night went on, you thought, oh, at least there's a kind of reason for it. But the whole Rollins thing, I was just like, oh, OK, they're never going to explain that. We saw Otis yeah. and Lee um, in the Battle of Super Heavyweights. They exchanged uh, the superhuman feats of strength for Lee tag Strowman into the match. The monster among men and corked a shotgun dropkick on Otis and tag Styles. Styles known quicker the pace until the fired up KO loaded with stunners to the rest of Team Raw. And then Styles see the opening and delivered a phenomenal forearm, eliminating Kevin Owens. And I was like, oh, that's Kevin yeah. Owens then. Is that what he's getting, getting in this match? All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the only part that I took away from, from that whole part that you just kind of uh, briefly talked about then was I did not realise how much I really would love to see Keith Lee versus Otis like in a one-on-one. Like, <laughs> I think those two would actually be amazing in the ring if you just let them do their thing. I think that they could actually make a gold in that match. I just want to see them both hit the Irish shirt and each other in the yeah. centre of the ring. I think the collision there would be something else, you know. Yeah. Uh, we then see the action breaking down a riddle pin Corbin to send him to the locker room. So Corbin was eliminated. And then Otis exploded into the match, suplexing and clotheslining his way through the competition before coming face to face with Strowman. Uh, Strowman flattered him with big boot by Otis recovered and delivered the Caterpillar. He sat for the Vader bomb, but Riddle ran interference and Strowman passed on him for the fall. And at this point, it was just uh, Jay Uso by himself. Despite Uso unloaded on the competition, wiping him out with a dive at ringside. He followed up with super kicks to on the site, including one that left Styles hung up on the ropes. But a blind tag saw Lee uh, hit the spirit bomb for the clean sweep on Uso. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Um, so, I mean, I kind of really wanted to root for Jay, but I also knew Jay was kind of screwed at this point, you know, um, one on five. Uh, and I thought it was a, a pretty far fetch, like, you know, when you're watching Kofi Kingston on in that gauntlet match and wondering whether or not he can do it. But Jay Uso taking on five men from Raw, including like uh, Strowman as a powerhouse. Um yeah, I didn't have much faith, um, but I think he gave it his all. And I think the the main thing I took out from that match was I was terrified to see the reaction of Roman Reigns towards Jay for not winning. So that was my main thing that I took from it. <laughs> thing, and, and it was, I don't think anyone does multi-man matches as well as WWE does when it comes to, you know, like I said, multi-tag and, and six men. I know a lot mm. of AEW fans will argue, but I think when it comes to, like survive series match WWE know what they're doing um it did tell a story mm. like I said Uso did try his best all the unrest and a clean sweep from Raw so that was a little bit of storytelling they were doing uh like I said a bit mm. disappointing with what happened with Kevin Owens um but yep. like in the night and what would Jay what would Roman Reigns's reaction be played into what happened there so I've got no problem with a pay-per-view actually telling the story as well yeah yeah agreed uh, Prediction-wise, um, that select match probably went raw. I went SmackDown. So at that point, it was five and one. I'm going, Jay can do this. We're, we're <laughs> <speaking>. <laughs> yeah. It's not over yet. Uh, no, I, I feel like I was the same, except for I was more with a question mark. So it was more like, Jay can do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jay can't, Jay can't do it. But anyway, one yeah. nil to select match pod. 
Polls Alts 58% went Team Raw as well. Uh, what was your score out of five for that match? So um, overall, I actually put it as a four. I thought it was um, still really good, even though um, the, the beginning of the match sort of disappointed me with the Seth Rollins thing. Overall, I felt like uh, all of the men in the match uh, performed really well. I'm going to give that a three because I was slightly disappointed that it was a, it was a clean sweep. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would have probably end, uh, added like another half a mark to that if I'd have known what was happening the rest of the night. Uh, talk about yeah. the rest of the night. Our next match was the Street Profits versus the New Day. Well, how did we get here? Well, this is old versus new day. Uh, the exchange <laughs> championships, uh, <laughs> the Raw and SmackDown titles were swapped uh, backstage after each had uh, been drafted across. And we saw a great entrance from New Days with the gears of war. And we saw a hell of a promo by the awesome. Street Profits. Uh, what were Honestly, the build-up? The, the, I think the, the whole build-up, even before the match started, was very exciting. I mean, seeing the New Day come out in their gear, not only that, but hearing Big E opening for the New Day was just something really heartfelt and probably nostalgic for a lot of New Day fans who really just kind of do miss that that little bit of an opening when it comes to the uh, the whole group um coming out and it was just amazing to see them in their gears five i mean i wish i had an xbox just so that i can play that game so i mean i'm strongly <laughs> considering it just as, for them <laughs> but uh as well like you said the street profits cut a really great promo just before and i was super excited to see this match come off yeah now that really got me pumped because it's one of those matches you're thinking well does it really mean anything and both teams added something and like the story throughout uh, was, was kind of like the new day of the the veterans kind of being a little bit surprised about, you know, how tough the street profits were and vice versa yeah. with the younger guys going, oh, the new day are tough because they've been around uh, for so long. If you were going to pick between the tag team divisions for all Smackdown, which one would you favour at this moment in time? Um, I would have gone with Raw. Um, I would have gone with the New Day, to be honest. Like, as you said, veterans um, in their in their right own right, and um, you know, as much as I feel like Street Profits are definitely on a roll, um, I at the time of watching it, I felt that they may have underestimated whether or not they could get it done. Um, so just like the New Day, I I was pleasantly surprised by the outcome of the match as well, but in a good way. Yeah, I think we have that. Um, we're going to the action in a second. Uh, I always remember the New Day versus The Shield 2017 when these two three-man yeah. groups went out. What a match uh, that was. That such was a great match. Um, and Kofi's first Survivor Series was 2008 as part of Team Batista getting eliminated by Team Orton. I forget Kofi's been around for as well. It yeah, is quite something. Yeah, yeah he ha- he, he's had a, a long tenure as well, which is um, another reason why I'd, I want him to still kind of be floating around the singles uh, aspect of things um, at some point again as well, as I feel like his championship reign was, it came too short. Well, we started off the match with a fun love and exchange between uh, each team. And then we saw the battle kind of increase. And, and what I liked about it as well, right at the start was Dawkins and Woods. And they'd known each other for over a decade back in NXT, mm. but never actually faced off until that moment. And you can actually see Dawkins been really excited and I think the Street Profits are excited because they're going here's a team we've respected for for so many years and now we're going to show what level we're on you know and mm-hmm. they did mm-hmm. uh, the New Day targeted the midsection of Ford working them over while cutting the ring off Corey Graves put over the aggression show by Kingston and Woods just in time for Ford to create some separation and tag Dawkins in the biggest competitor of the match 
in his power advantage to toss Kingston around to deliver an underhook netbreaker to Woods. The SmackDown champs fired off a flurry of offense, but New Day fought back and delivered midnight hour, but Ford managed to get the shoulder up. Later on, Dawkins down Kingston and Ford delivered a frog splash. That frog splash, the height that he gets. Oh, it's, my gosh. It's, it's so impressive. It's, it's on another level, isn't it? It really is. It, it, I, like, honestly, this man flies. He really flies. <laughs> I, I've never known anybody has the trajectory. Like, it is incredible. And, honestly, um, he's, turned, he's turned that frog splash really into his own move. And, like, I really commend him for it because, you know, there, there is a lot of legends that actually use that move and they really had made it their own. But he's actually made this his own as well. And it's, it's an, uh, an amazing move to just actually watch in person. I'd love to have seen that live. Well, what I liked about it as well is his previous injured ribs uh, cost mm. to try and make the pin as well. Uh, yeah, to get yeah. Her up. And then Ford unleashed Kingston's own trouble in paradise against him. Woods followed with a gut buster. for a, That was a great near fall towards the end. And then the finish yeah. came with Dawkins blindly tagged in and hoisted Woods up in his shoulders. Ford came off with a blockbuster for a hard full victory um what did you think of the match i mean from beginning to end it was exciting it was just you know so highlighting uh it was just uh, high fly moves constantly uh, you could hardly take your eyes off the screen without you know something big happening um and i just really felt uh sort of like the chemistry between these two guys and as you said you know uh it's been a long time coming uh, for them to be facing off and i think that the audience at home also felt that so this for me was a great match yeah i've actually got one of my notes just a great match um the mm. right result with the the newer team getting a victory new day lose nothing can mm. defeat and just imagine a rivalry between these two teams as well if it if it worked yeah. out you know definitely i i uh, mean i wouldn't actually complain about seeing them face off again further down the line it would be an amazing match yeah without a doubt it just when you click like that then yeah like i said I'll, I'll watch it all day long. Um, Prediction-wise, uh, I did go to Profits and uh, Select Match Pod went New Day, so it's one all now with predictions. Poll results, street, <laughs> street Profits got 58% of the vote. What was your score out of five for that match? Um, I actually am giving it a five. I think, you know, when it comes to presentation, as well as, you know, their entrances and when them coming out, their overall performance, it was just... It was flawless for me. And this is the thing about WWE. And like I said, this podcast has been going since 2015. And mm. so many times people uh, just, you know, have a go at wrestling or WWE specifically with the, the Raw or SmackDown programs. But they deliver it and everybody going, oh, AEW is like the kind of tag team specialist. And then they deliver a match like this in the middle of, a, mm. or, you know, the start of a card. And I don't think yeah. people realised how good it was, you know, in that way. Uh, agreed, agreed. I mean, I, I was, I'm one of those people that do watch AEW, but I, um, uh, I appreciate both brands because I feel like they both have their strengths and weaknesses. And um, I actually was on Twitter whilst, uh, you know, uh, Survivor Series was on, and just to see uh, Cash Wheeler um, from FTR even tweet about the New Day's match. Um, like, you know, that that goes to show you that there's just an overall respect within the tag team division and as you said this was just one of those really great performances that you you can't fault i think without a doubt all right we'll move on to match four and it's Sami Zayn versus lashley what was your what was your um score i didn't hear your score oh sorry uh i gave that a four and a half out of five um cool. if it was for a tag team championship then that probably would have given a five for me there 
Yeah. Especially with a match where I'm going, this should be a good match. But I was like, this is a great match. So when that happens, yeah. then then fair play. Uh, like yeah. I said, after the scores there, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. And it is uh, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. How we got here? Well, it's Intercontinental Champion versus United States Championship. But what's the better title? Is it the Intercontinental or the United States? That is a good question. I mean, you've got two complete different personalities on either end of those belts, don't you? I think so. I think with for me personally, the Intercontinental title would be more prestigious just because I know Pat Patson didn't win it in a steamy night in Rio de Janeiro. But the, <laughs> as, as, a, as a WWE fan throughout the years, don't get me mm. wrong, I know the US title has been held by Harley Race and people like that. But their the world title was held by David Arquette. So I'm not really, you know. Um, yeah. And, and I think being, I don't know if it's just because British or English, but yeah. Intercontinental title is states <laughs> in, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guarantee that. Um, I think a lot of the reign from the Intercontinental, uh, of those who held the belt, um, I feel like their reigns were a lot more memorable, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think even recent times as well, the John Cena mm-hmm. Open Challenge for the US titles has been good, but you really, I think both mid-card titles have been lacking. Uh, it's been like mm. in Bobby Lashley's, what have you thought of Bobby Lashley in the Hurt Locker in recent times as well? Um, I, I am liking them more and more. Um, I think that as a faction, they're really good. Um, it's unfortunate that I feel like uh, there's just been some really bad spots of writing, not just necessarily for them, but uh, for their kind of sort of on and off again feud with Retribution. And I don't think it's necessarily their fault, but um, I, I do feel like... Um, the likes of Bobby Lashley needs to be sort of like uh, going for higher. Uh, sh- he should be considered a lot more higher, I think, and um, it, within the title picture, in my opinion. So having the US belt on him right now, I don't feel is doing him much justice because I feel like it's just preventing him from being even better than what he is right now. Yeah, I would, I would agree. But I, I do like Cedric Alexander joining and if they can mm. get a tag team, you know, we've seen some yeah. good, Good matches I'm, in the I'm new day recently. A, I'm, I've got a bit of a weak spot for Shelton Benjamin. I was a huge, huge fan of both him and Charlie Haas back in the day when they were um, Kurt Angle's team Angle uh, mm. tag team. I was a huge fan of them. So um, see, seeing him and uh, Cedric Alexander potentially teaming up at, um, for a tag team uh, title run for me it's quite exciting so I think that there is exciting things to come from the Hurt business but I just hope that Bobby Lashley is not kept in the US title picture too long I think he should be aiming higher yeah I think they either get another member to grab the title or let MVP have it mm. you know what I mean one or, one exactly. or the other I think it makes sense mm. as for the match well Lashley dominated early punishing Zane with his power while his stable mates prevent the Smackdown start from escaping and citing the same vertigo he suffered at the hands of Lashley two years ago Zane begged off and did a cheap <laughs> roll up too. I, again, to call that back is, is well done for that WWE. That was really good. The continuity there, I was very impressed that they even mentioned that. And it just shows you what a what a, a hill Sami Zayn is to try and do that. And uh, even yeah. when he was saying, you know, uh, everybody's it goes outside and the whole hurt locker, uh, hurt business is there, and he's saying, no, this is unfair. You can kind of understand a little bit as well, which is. Mm. I think it helps out in a in a weird way. Um, yeah, tried, I'm, I'm very impressed to... that he he uh, was able to actually stay in the match more than sixty seconds. I must admit, I'm very impressed. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he, he sought to hit the Haluva kick, but Lashley grabs hold of him and then hit the spine buster. Zane tried to escape, but MVP tripped him, rolling back in the ring, where Lashley applied the hurt lock for the submission victory. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one? That that move is just devastating, isn't it? It just looks absolutely painful. I would not even want to pretend to try and be in a lock like that by Bobby Lashley. So, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised of the outcome, but I was surprised at, at how good a fight that Sammy gave um, while whilst he had a had the chance. I mean, this was a long squash. This is basically yeah. Zane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Trying to stop the inevitable. We know what's going to happen. Um, but I do love Zayn. I mean, Sami Zayn, I was, when we first saw him or you know, uh, in NXT as, as the face, uh, and he was such a great character, and I never thought he'd work as a heel, but I think the heel might be, if not better than the face, because he's just... It, it, he, the thing is, he can lose this match and just complain about... Well, I got vertigo. The uh, the hurt business were there, and get yeah. away with it. You know, he doesn't he's lose so, anything he's in so the He's so good on mic as well that he genuinely could like sort of talk you over that loss, and 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 it would just be forgotten about because of all of the issues that he's now bringing up. So he's got that he's got that magic talk on the mic. Yeah, and I think we're gonna we hear that on SmackDown. Uh, prediction wise, uh, Slip Match Pod and I both went Lashley, so we both get points. So it's two all. Poll results. It's getting Lash- intense now. It is getting close, getting close. Uh, <laughs> Lashley, 71% of the poll for him. Not really much of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, what was your yeah, score out of five? What was your yeah, score? Yeah, I'm gonna. I gave it a three. I mean, I, I think, I, I think I gave it a three, and that's being really nice. And I feel like that predominantly was because Sammy didn't get squashed within the first 30 seconds. So I was quite impressed with that. Um, but. Yeah, overall, I I do see, like you said, where Sammy could even come in and say, you know, like having all of the hurt business down there um, was very intimidating and things. Um, I think, obviously, if there had been someone else that was in the title picture at the time, that we might have had an even better match. Um, But Sammy gave his his best. Well, I think for calling Vertigo during the match, I'm going to give that a three and a fair play to that one. (laughs) Um, up next, we see Usos getting talked down by Roman, and he tells Jay to stay and tells Jimmy to go. They said they don't respect or fear you, which means they don't respect or fear the family. There is no place at the table for failure. There is no time for losers. And he told them to get away. Yeah. I mean, Roman Reigns is, I never thought I'd say this, but he's just the coolest at the moment, isn't he? He really like is. Everything he does. He actually is. And I'm not going to lie. I'm speaking from being a twin myself and having an older sibling. Um, when the camera panned in to seeing the Usos just stood there waiting for Roman and seeing Roman coming out, I had major flashbacks of the amount of times my older sister is coming in to give us some sort of disappointed talk. And I'm just like, I'm sweating for the Usos, you know. So at this point, I'm just really like, please don't, please don't kick them out the family. <laughs> And after what happened in the first match, and you're going, well, yes, that makes sense. And now Roman's saying all this, and you're going, oh, Jesus. Like, Jay, you're you're in a bit of trouble here, mate. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. And it played out later on as well. But we'll get on to that, because up next, it's the dream match we've all been waiting for. It is Oscar versus Sasha Banks. How do we get here? Well, apart from Bailey, Oscar Banks have been the main rival of this year. 
Um, I was going to ask you Banks or Oscar, but I think I know the answer. Why is this so important to the women's division for you? So I think that um, both Oscar and Sasha have become uh, very strong female icons uh, for the women's division, especially since the departure of both Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, Um, but even alongside them as well, holding their own. Um, And I think, you know, uh, with Oscar being a working mother, with Sasha being a career-driven woman who uh, has been in season two of The Mandalorian, as well as recording an album, as well as, you know, coming back and uh, managing to succeed in getting the women's title. I think both these two women have so so much potential uh, to pull off the greatest of matches that could be WrestleMania moments. And even though this wasn't a a WrestleMania, I feel like this match was just something um, on on a whole nother level. We got we got a preview of them uh, when when we saw the sort of brief uh, title change between Oscar and Sasha. So I feel like there was a lot of us that were really waiting for this rivalry to be picked back up. I think without a doubt, I think with Sasha Banks, I've always said it uh, for a long time that she kind of wrestled like a man. And what I meant by that back in the day with the diva style, there, there came along Sasha Banks who you would hold her offense up against anybody. And then when Oscar arrived and you're going, wait a minute, there's there's someone else there. And now since then, I still say the women's division, WWE and NXT, you know, the character for each character, each wrestler has got a kind of a meaning and, and a reason, whereas the men roster hasn't. And I think with Oscar yeah. and Banks, you've got you've got two there with the boss character and what Sasha can do. And Oscar, I don't think Oscar gets a fair crack of the whip because they know how good mm. she is and they can go. I tell you what we'll do. We'll put the tart on you, but we're not going to give you any kind of direction, so to speak. And she'll make yeah. it work. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, since we're losing Becky Lynch, since losing Charlotte, I think Oscar and Banks have benefited the most. And, and to be fair, mm. and, and this might start a massive argument, I would probably take Banks and Oscar, wrestling-wise and everything like that, over a Charlotte mm. and a Lynch. But that's just me. Do you me. know what? I think that I'm probably going to get hated for saying this, but I actually agree with you on that. Um, and I don't think that that's any disrespect to Charlotte and Becky for what they've actually done in the ring because they've done great. But I, with this uh, sort of, like you said, opportunity for both Sasha and Oscar to shine, I feel like they um, have just brought about a, a, a little bit more of a change within the women's division that like you see um, a lot more women hungry for it um, and and, you know, fighting to sort of get that recognition, not just from the likes of, you know, us as the audience, but of those of the other wrestlers. And I think that Oscar and Sasha have done really well to actually bring that out of the women's division. I think without a doubt. And uh, the, the thing is about the women's division as well is I, I probably get more excited for it than I do uh, most other things, because when it's done right as well. And this had the kind of big fight film because of that, I'm going to give mm. it the tail of tape, tail of the tape. And Sasha Banks calls five foot five is the boss from Boston, Massachusetts. She's a Grand Slam champion. And of course, it finishes a bank statement. Oscar, five foot three, the Empress of Tomorrow from Osaka, Japan. Not only Grand Slam champ, but the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank winner as well. She's never been pinned by Sasha Banks. And this was their third time on pay-per-view. Um, again, what a build up. Let's get into the action. We see early chain wrestling, net even woman. A sustainable advantage as reversals and counters reign supreme. Oscar applied an ankle lock, booted Banks in the midsection and delivered a running kick to the face. Oscar delivered her hip toss into the knee to the face. 
but Shana Wizard attempt missed and Banks tried for the bank statement. Oscar Fulwick and Banks settled for a modified abdominal stretch made famous by Wilbur Schneider back in 1930s. Uh, then the octopus said, <laughs> this point in time during the match, the chemistry is just off the charts between the two, isn't it? You yeah. Know? Yeah, again, I think it's what I said before with the New Day and Street Profits match. Um, It was uh, very much so you can't take your eyes off the screen because of, you know, very early on in the match, they are matching each other blow for blow. And you're just kind of itching to see which one is actually going to get the first advantage um, because of this is where like things will start to change in the ring. It was really exciting to kind of see the exchange between the two. Until the action spilled into the floor where Oscar answered the bosses. Meteora attempt with a code breaker. And back inside, they traded quick pinfalls, but neither could get it. Uh, Banks finally executed Demetriore in a corner, but a fog splash failed to land. Banks counted a double knee to a bank statement. Oscar fought into an Oscar lock. A second code breaker earned Oscar a two count. A series of near falls ensured drama built. Oscar delivered a big kick to the face, but Banks recovered and answered with a modified roll for the win. Now, before we get on to Fox, I did think maybe Carmella would come out and cost Banks or something like this. Um, but when mm. Banks got the victory, um, I was pleasantly surprised. And like I said, first mm. time of pinning Oscar. What were your thoughts on the mm-hmm. match? Yeah, so I, I was really worried uh, to getting towards the end of the match, whether or not we would either see the likes of even, even Bailey or, or Carmelo coming out. And I just kind of wanted this as a clean finish because I feel like, you know, um, ever since she's won the title so far she's just continuously been interrupted so this was one match that I really just wanted to be clean so I mean I obviously can't say that I was happy with Sasha winning over my girl Oscar um however I was very shocked at the way that um you know she was able to get get her in that roll-up pin so um I think it was it came as a pleasant surprise to everyone that uh, there was no rude interruptions. And for me, I was actually just kind of still happy with that, with the ending of it as well. Well, the thing is, is I've talked about a lot to not really losing anything in defeat, so to speak, like uh, Sami mm. Zayn and New Day. And again, with Oscar, I think Banks maybe needed the victory a little bit more because like I said, with Oscar, yeah. not really doing anything, not doing anything with her. And, and if you were going to say, yeah. who's the next, who's the next challenger for Oscar? It's it's kind of a crapshoot, if you know what I mean. Well, we'll probably get into more of my discussion of, of what I kind of could see happening with Oscar come the future once we get to another match. But um, I definitely think that I agree with you that I feel like Sasha did really need the win to kind of solidify the fact that she can hold a belt and she, she can hold like a division. Um, and so that's what she needed to solidify after, shortly after um, feuding with Bailey. Well, weirdly enough, last time we both did a podcast together, we were watching Oscar versus Zelina Vega. And of course, mm. what's happened with Vega since then of walking yeah. out, or, or, or sorry, walking out, getting fired because she doesn't want to yeah. give her account. Apparently, she was making more money through OnlyFans than in WWE anyway, which is incredible yeah. when you think about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on yeah. Vega? Because I knew you were a huge fan last time. Yeah, yeah. So I am a huge fan of her still. Um, I, I, I am a Twitch streamer myself um, and it's the same as my Instagram name, just Jatsy Scarlett. Um, and I am a fan of Thea, on, uh, Thea, who is Zelina Vega on, on Twitch. So I'll continue to support her, but I was very disappointed um, with how um, the company handled her departure. Um, and I just, you know, I wish her the best. And I know that she's got so much running for her and I, I feel like that's why that there doesn't need to be a much bigger deal made about it because um she's she's she was already successful 
without the, the need of WWE and she will continue uh, to be successful. So um, I just hope that we're not going to see Alistair Black go through like nine tables because of this or anything like that. <laughs> well, 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 he's already um, requested NXT and that's not happened. But yeah, I think yeah. with what they've done with Alistair Black on the main roster since then uh, hasn't uh, been great. But uh, back no. to the match in hand prediction wise, uh, yeah. select match pod and I both went for Oscar. So it's still 2 2. Both got Ooh. it wrong. Poll wise. Okay. 50-50 on the poll, so right. even that's the first time I've ever done a poll on Twitter where they just couldn't decide. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think it really was a, a 50-50 booking for it, really, um, going into it, but like, as we just sort of highlighted, both women are so strong, it's really hard to kind of guess who really could actually um, have the uh, outcome. But, I mean, overall for me, I'm, I'm going to have to give it a 5 out of 5. Um, it was my favourite match of the night. Um, shortly just kind of caught up over uh, the New Day Street Profits match. But, yeah, it was a really, really great match for me. Right, and uh, then we see highlights of the pre-show. Of course, the gobbledygooker is on the run, but then he mm-hmm. found some bird scenes. But that was a trap by Tazawa. We have a new champion, but then the truth attacks. He's champ again for the 45th time. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's not much that can be said about that, really, is there? Not really, no. I mean, as long as he won it back from the Turkey, I think that's all that matters, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, apparently it was Drew Gulak under the uh, Gobbledy Oh, Gulak yeah, and then he oh. won it against Drew Gulak, right? <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> Gosh. But we'll move on, and our next match was the women's elimination match. And how we got here, well, you've just mentioned it. Lana nine times. Lana nine <laughs> times. Yeah. What were your yeah. What were your what are your thoughts on this? I mean, so is I think it's a bit difficult because I wasn't a I wasn't I'm not a fan of how they came across uh, how this whole Survivor Series uh, portrayed Lana. Um, I feel like she was really bullied uh, in sort of the promos of uh, the Survivor Series that weren't necessarily needed. Um, However, as we'll go into it, the match itself is really good. So I've not got an overall issue with it. But yeah, I mean, Lana needs to be given a break at this point. I think we're out of doubt. And uh, oh, I should say my score for the Oscar Banks match was four and a quarter. If I didn't give that one. Okay. Uh, with the Lana things, it's a bit weird because, like I said, they're saying it's not because of what happened with Ruth. You kind of think to yourself, mm, it might have been. Her chronicle, yeah. though, on the WWE Network was fascinating. She talked about it a lot was, of mental health issues. Uh, and, you know. It kind of like, it, it, I think, I, or I like to think that everyone who watched it probably um, got a lot more of a human side of Lana out that doesn't get, doesn't get to be portrayed within uh wwe or her character in wwe um and i think probably that didn't help from me watching that and then like kind of going into this pay-per-view and seeing kind of the way that they you know spoke to her or isolated her um so yeah i mean i think that her chronicle is amazing everyone should go and watch it if they are um if they haven't seen it yet it's really good um but overall uh yeah the match itself was great um and that is because of a the, the covering story that kind of came with it, I suppose. Yeah, without doubt. Well, we have Team Raw, which is Shania Baszler, Nia Jax, Lana, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce. They battled Natalia, Ruby Wright, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Bianca Belair. Uh, but one thing about Natty, 
Oh, uh, Natalia, give her a bit of respect. No woman has had more eliminations at Survivor Series history. No woman has had more pay-per-views or wins. And this is her seventh Survivor Series match. So overall, of all the women that's ever wrestled yeah. in WWE, she's had more pay-per-view matches and more victories. Does Natalia deserve more respect? If she was a four-horsewoman, would she be on the kind of Mount Rushmore, so to speak? I I, I do think, um, she, yeah, if she was part of the horsewoman, she she would be elevated uh, higher. I do think that she should actually be elevated higher with um with how much of a veteran she already is in her own right. Um, I think I guess the only um issue is that um personality wise, it's just not always come through yet, and I don't think that's necessarily always her fault. I feel like you know that she's not had the right promos. Um, she, certain storylines have haven't really helped her and made her come across as sort of jokey rather than to be taken serious. And I mean, I've just got to actually say a shout out for uh, Natalia's um, costume for Survivor Series. She's always in um, pink, you know, as she's the queen of hearts, but I really loved her outfit for, uh, you know, sort of Team Smackdown, seeing her all in, in blue. She actually uh, stood out um, on the team for me. And um, she did, I think she did really well. Well, this is the thing. They always, uh, WWE always get rid of their stock of Raw and SmackDown t-shirts, don't they, during the Survivor Series yeah. event? Um, mm. And I like the fact that with the women's team, apart from Bailey, they it was just like blue versus red outfits as opposed to Raw versus SmackDown tops, which I yeah. think the men yeah. sometimes just go, do you know what, we're just going to put a top on and so be it. Yeah. Uh, but we saw yeah. a filling out process to start and then early Jack sought to dominate only for... Lana to tag herself in, and after some spirited action on the part of the Ravishing Russian, she tagged Royce into the match, proceeded to be berated and degraded, and told to stand on the stairs. Um, yeah, yeah be a star, that, WWE. That annoyed me a little bit, that whole little scene right there. I mean, uh, in terms of like telling the story, I felt like we didn't need to go th- that far uh, when it came to sort of the whole sort of Lana thing, the way they sort of like are, are telling her where to stand and not making her feel part of the team. It's just kind of not, it, it wasn't as necessary to highlight, um, in my opinion. That being said, can I just give also give a shout out to Shayna Baszler dressed in red. She looked absolutely amazing in that red outfit. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And uh, then we see the former iconic uh, Snake Eyes from Belair. Great strength from that. I mean, Belair mm. is, is just, I mean, I'm going to go on about her in a little bit, but it's just so much that she's got. And makes it look yeah. easy as well. Uh, we see a top right elbow drop from Bailey, but Evans made the same. Royce delivered a suplex from the top rope, driving Bailey into a pile of bodies on the floor. Again, I quite like this bump on the outside. Very dangerous yeah. for Bailey to take it, and it all came down mm. like a, a pack of dominoes. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, I was definitely shocked to see that move come from Peyton Royce, um, and was, you know, genuinely hoping Bailey was okay. But it was really impressive, uh, to see to see that sort of level of strength and everything from, come from the. I mean, without a doubt, it was really shocking. Royce delivered uh, the deja vu to Bailey to eliminate her. Mm. So the team captain is gone, clean as a whistle. Were you surprised she went so early on, especially to Peyton Royce? Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I've got to admit that is probably the big, the biggest sort of shock upset that came for me because I'm a huge bit. I love Bailey. I love this this version of Bailey. She's just great, just constantly with the captain and trying trying to like talk. She's great. Um, I did did not see out of all of the women on the royal team that it was going to be Peyton Royce 
that eliminated her. So I'm pleasantly shocked by this, but I'm also questioning what they're going to be doing with Bailey <laughs> from this point. Yeah. This is the thing. I mean, she's not in the title picture. Then, you know, if, if unless you're Charlotte, you don't really have another match in the women's division at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, but Royce continued her role, unloading a flurry of offense on Natalia and putting her down for two. After exchange with a botch or two, Natalia applied the sharpshoot for the first raw elimination. It wasn't pretty, but I suppose it was effective. Uh, Evans missed the springboard moonsault and Natalia tried for the sharpshoot as she took her eyes off Evans just long enough. For the sassy Southern Belle to deliver the woman's right for the pinfall and eliminate Natalia. I do like Evans' uh, woman's right. There's not that many uh, moves in the women's division where you can just end it like that. And I think yeah. the woman's right, you know, I she think don't she, have to I be in the position. I think she executes it quite well. Um, so, and every time that it's used, it's actually done in a, uh, in a real sort of impactful way that makes you think, yeah, right, that's it. She's out for the count. It's one of those moves that I genuinely think is a finisher move. I think without a doubt. And then we see Blair entering and powering uh, Evans down. Distraction by Basler allowed Evans to recover and deliver a super Spanish fly, but only for two. Again, credit for Evans and Blair to go to the top and hit that Spanish fly. Uh, It's not the easiest move to hit, and they hit it to perfection as well. They did. They did. And then we see the Riot Squad partners take the fight to Jacks for Kindler rivalry with a women's tag team champion. Riot, that's two T's. Rock Jacks with a right kick, forcing her to tag Baszler back in the match. Baszler applied a trademark uh, clutch, despite Riot countering to pinfall, eventually put her away. Uh, Riot was eliminated. I say that the referee was kind of distracted, and then by the time, because obviously they had the submission, yeah. Riot went for the pin. It didn't kind of look I mean, that right, but no. But I mean, technically, if the ref had had been paying attention, then Shayna would have been counted out. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a bit confusing, uh, that part, but I mean, I felt like both Liv and Ruby gave it their all in, in that match and especially against Nia Jax, they held it, they held their own quite well. I think that doubt you see Morgan responding to her partner's elimination, delivered a crucifix bomb for Evans for the elimination. So Lacey Evans were eliminated and at least live something in this match. And the New Jersey native onslaught came to Southern Holt and a covering end of a smoke drop by Jax who sent her packing, so that's Morgan gone. And then Blair, really impressed, looking to keep SmackDown's hope alive as she laid Jax out of ringside. Unfortunately, she brings Baszler away right into Baszler's grasp. She powered away to her feet and stumbled to the ropes. And when Baszler refused to break the hold, she was disqualified. Now, this is where it kind of broke down for me. I was really, really enjoying this match up until the disqualification. The new really? count. Well... For me, it was just like, I was really enjoying it. And then the disqualification, you're thinking, well, Baszler didn't need to do that. Why didn't Blair just kind of put her away? And then we see, see Blair I and Jack's I, part- I thought that was probably like a smart booking on their end when it comes to Shayna Baszler. Only because I see, I do see a real good feud happening between Shayna Baszler and Oscar. And I think it would be absolutely magic once we get, you know, her out of the tag team title picture with Nia Jax. But I see uh, Shayna being real potential there. And especially with how dominating they made her look at the very beginning of the year. Um, I think it was Elimination Chamber where she was really dominating. I'm really glad they didn't actually have anyone pin her. So I, I probably that was probably the, uh, the one thing about this match that I wasn't mad at. It's what followed after that started to... Uh, <laughs> well, this is that, the thing. This, yeah. yeah. It w- went downhill from that because you had the disqualification. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, yeah. Belair could have maybe got the victory. And then we see Belair outside. 
and and they know the referee's counting because they can see yeah. it. I'm I'm sure yeah. as, as hell. Um, yeah, we they see can. Blair, you know, Blair backdropping uh, Jacks over the barricade and and, and messing the wrestling referee's ten count. And then Lana is his sole survivor just, on the still just, stairs. It, it was a, it was missed by a slither, you know. It was missed by a slither. Like she she kind of she went in, and I I feel like it was really petty on the ref. I feel like the ref waited until she was in the ring to then t- turn his back and say bring the bell, you know. Um, yeah. and so that that was the part that did annoy me because as much as I actually laughed and was happy for Lana to be making uh, the win. I would have actually been more happier and I feel like the better outcome, especially if they want to kind of keep building on sort of Lana being a, a, a face um, instead of a heel sort of character, they, they should have gone with it differently, which is, uh, you know, have it so that it was just Bianca and Lana left and Lana decided I'm, I'm just going to like walk out of this and get counted out as well because I don't like my team. Like, what? why am I going to fight for my team? That sort of thing. And actually let Bianca get the win that way because Bianca really was the MVP of that of that match and them counting her out really just overshadowed all of what she just did um and so yeah the, i was very annoyed by by the ending of that match i i don't usually i can't tell no uh usually don't do <laughs> fantasy booking but if you did do yeah. fantasy booking for me that the, the disqualification basically like kurafuda clutch or whatever it is um have her and jacks you know belair throws jacks or jacks goes to double team accidentally wipes out Baszler, Belair pins her like that, uh, managing to power up Jackson, put her away. And then she's looking at Lana as like the last one again. Well, this is easy. Goes for a finisher. And then Lana like gets a fluke victory. And at least Lana's actually won something then and proven to people. Yeah, she can get the win. Because all this proves at this moment in time is that to listen to Nia Jax. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if she hadn't have been belittled and berated and, to- and and stood there and did what she was told, yeah. then she would have been out of the match already. So it, it, the, the moral of the story is, listen to your bully, I guess it would be. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, that's what kind of what they're saying with it. Now, I'm, I'm kind of glad she got the win so that she can, so it, it's kind of a slap in the face for Nia Jax, who just was like berating her for so much. But I think, you know, if we go back to what what Survivor Series originally is about, like, you know, a real sort of brand versus brand, like, I just felt like it was a very disappointing ending to what was a good, it was a really good match. Yeah, like I say, I was really, really digging it up until, like I said, disqualification. Yeah. And then as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, no. And then it just happened. And then I was yeah. like, oh, they are not helping. It's like the thing with voting helping them out at this moment in time are they they just no. you know, and it's and it's just kind of same thing that's going to happen um yeah but like i said belair was the mvp in that one just she looked was. fantastic didn't she you know she did she, i mean if she doesn't look to get a push soon then i think that wwe are just really sitting on on gold with her um she could potentially be you know sort of um one of the faces of the future so like they really need to do stuff with her because of they've given us her promos and she executes them well now she she came to the royal rumble she executed that well she became the mvp of the royal rumble then she's come to survivor series and dominated and like she she, she's just not being given that recognition and she actually should because the audience are seeing it it's just sort of the company i think without a doubt and i think this is the thing when you look at potential when even talent Bailey, I love Bailey. She's fantastic. You know, mm. Baszler's had a moment, but Belair, yeah. there is just 
star power in that and you're going just harness yeah. that and you can use her for the next you know 10 15 20 years as a exactly. as a, a real star you know exactly she do you know what uh, i think that she kind of very much reminds me of uh china in in her move set and her skill set she's a real powerhouse and i feel like that she, uh that needs to kind of come across more um because if she she is exactly that and she could be so great she could be one of those women where china used to go for the even china went for the intercontinental title and actually had matches with men and bianca is one of those women that could do it all yeah i, I would i would agree with that and I've, I've always said many a time especially oscar during the time as nxt champion would have beat 75 percent of the mara roster and i don't care what anybody says yeah you know you can't fight the oscar lock off um anyway yeah. predictions for that uh, WNR, we went raw. Uh, select match pod went SmackDown, so we take a 3 2 lead heading into the last match. Ooh. And, and then the poll. <laughs> SmackDown got the poll 58%. So not only did I beat Select Match Pod, I beat all the you people voting as well. So <laughs> that, that is very true. I mean, I, I definitely thought that SmackDown were going to win this. I thought they would have had, you know, like a stronger sort of. A group put together that like wanted to work together you know so again very shocked at the outcome of it being team raw again well i actually went lana soul survivor as well <laughs> I did you oh my it's... gosh you had this one worked out <laughs> yeah. that's the thing i was like oh they are gonna do it this way then it's a bit of a yeah. shame really but uh what was your score out of five for this matchup Okay, so I gave this one a four. I think that was the best I could do with it, really, because that ending really uh, irked me. So I think I did. I, I gave it quite a nice uh, rating, to be honest. Yeah, no, four. I'll, I'll give it a four as well, because we've been let's forget about that finish, and hopefully we can uh, move on from mm. that. Uh, and then we, after that, we get a TLC. We know it's coming December twentieth. Uh, and the question is with TLC, are you up for coming back on the WNR podcast for t- uh, tables, houses, and chairs? Oh, really? I'll put you on the Amazing. spot right now. <laughs> yes, I would definitely love to uh, do TLC. I'd be happy to do that. Well, there we go. It's official. I can't take it back. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember you said that too, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's see what happens with predictions. You know how happy I will be. Um, yeah. We'll move on to our main event, and it is um, Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, going against Universal Champion Roman Reigns. How did we get here? Well, Drew showed up on SmackDown to tell Roman that he was gunning for him. Roman said to him, "You need to get a title." Well, Rory beat Orton for the WWE Championship to face the Tribal Chief. We saw the contract signing, which um, I really, really enjoyed, and I love McIntyre saying. Uh, you know, the next couple of days, you know, use the piece because we're going to war, basically. Uh, what yeah. have you thought of the uh, build up and um, towards this main event? I was actually really, really pleased in sort of the upcoming weeks, uh, like prior to that, like seeing Drew actually, even though, you know, they threw this whole invitational and only a couple of times a year can people go across brands. Um, I, I actually enjoyed Drew coming out and kind of spitting all that talk on the mic and then. Uh, following through with the win on Raw 2 actually show so that was building real story there not just for Roman and everything that's going on with him and Jay and everything on Smackdown but also for Drew Um, and they're just two powerhouses so I actually was just really excited to see these two get in the ring I think I think there's not been a match that I've weren't sure about 
uh, who no, just a general excitement level of of going. Well, I, I think Roman's going to win, but the way they've built up Drew so much recently, and I don't think there's been a kind of main event match where you go, well, these two guys are are near enough equal at this moment in time. Uh, who yeah. would you pick if you were going to pick Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns? You had to pick one to be your head of your roster. Who are you going for? It's got to be the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. I mean, I mean, uh, just talking uh, from myself, I do have a bit of a crush on Roman Reigns, so I wouldn't be able to help it. So, yeah, I'd choose him as my Tribal Chief. <laughs> well, luckily, I have a bit of a crush on Drew McIntyre. So, I mean, that helps, well, there that you helps go, me then. out. Um, yeah. You know, to, to be, like I said, the first British man, not only to be champion for the first time, but be you know two-time champ um it, it's, it's such a great amazing, thing um, yeah it, it's an amazing thing for us brits we can actually feel proud of that so don't get me wrong just because i chose roman reigns first as my tribal chief does not mean that i am not a huge fan of drew mcintyre because i am i am a very huge fan well i see one thing that i i, I realized when it c- came to like the fan reaction if if fans were in attendance now and obviously reigns is is a hill but he's kind of cool and McIntyre has been a face, but, you know, he's been champion for a little while now. Do you think the yeah. reaction would have been, would you think Reigns might have got, you know, a few cheers, especially if it's like a hardcore crowd, like a in Chicago you know, or something I, like that? I was talking with my sister whilst we were watching this, um, and we we had this discussion as well about, you know, because we know that they're adding in cheers and boos um, and, and what it would actually be like if there was real-life audience. And to be honest, I feel like right now with the way that Roman is, everyone is loving his heel character. And it's so the kind of like a, it's reminding me of the sort of heel Stone Cold Steve Boston era where like everyone was like still kind of cheering for him, even though he was the heel. Um, and it's very much like, you know, with what they tried to do with Becky Lynch, like they tried to turn her heel, but everyone just kept cheering her on. Um, like it's kind of the same with that. So I feel like, maybe the audience being there probably would have thwarted the fact that he's supposed to be seen as a heel. Um, so it's probably helps that they're not there, but I do think that he would get some cheers in for sure. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt. And I, th- and I think that like with McIntyre as well, you know, giving him the kill, giving him the sword with that entrance. Mm. I think it, it's, oh, yeah, that's it's quite, a powerful entrance. It's quite cool, but I think after a while could maybe become a little bit jokey. And I think I feel, like, got to be I feel like that only needs to come out at like sort of like the important ones. So I so I understand, you know, like kind of what him showcasing it now. But I don't think he needs to bring that sword out every time. I don't want him to become another Kim, King Corbin. You know, King Corbin looks like he's just trying to cosplay as Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> it's just coming across really, you know, cosplayish. I don't want that to happen to Drew. Now, and I think this is something they're going to have to look at because we saw how stale Seth Rollins went. Um, as you know, the, the yeah. champ, uh, and yeah. this is like that. Sometimes with faces, they just they they don't know. How, well, we've seen it. We like we talked about Otis and Lana. They sometimes yeah. think we like lovable losers or just goofy people. Where it's we still want him to have like a kind of plan. And his plan yeah. for tonight, you know, was to bring uh, a war to Reigns. You know, and, yeah, and yeah. Reigns stalled early and had a big shoulder block from his opponent that forced him to reevaluate. On the arena for back inside, he caught the Raw Superstar with a big boot and clubbed away in a claw. And he drove the Scott into the post and continued to control the encounter. Reigns dominated, where McIntyre down and further rocking him with a jumping clothesline. Again, we talked about the height on um, Ford earlier. The height Reigns did with the clothesline on McIntyre again. Yeah. 
he yeah, is a freak athlete. And, isn't like he? you know, McIntyre, McIntyre is not a, a short guy. He's very tall. So the the fact that you could just see the height that Roman went just to get that close and that was amazing. Oh, the Scott fought back low to live in a big net breaking and tease the Claymore, but Reigns hesitated to get up. McIntyre tried for the future shock and a tribal chief delivered a smoking drop. Reigns tried for the Superman punch, but McIntyre caught with a spine buster for another close two count. McIntyre drove Reigns into the ring steps on the arena floor. What I quite liked about it as well was the fact that how the match started with Reigns dominating, sending McIntyre to the outside, sending the steps back in. And then it kind of repeated with McIntyre doing the same thing, you know, hitting yeah. him through the stairs, going in through the ring, and coming back in. Yeah, it also, just kind of showed how evenly matched they were. There was a, uh, I, I reckon there was probably an Undertaker a reference or move in every match where I didn't pay close attention. But I noticed it in this one when they're in the corner and uh, Reigns is giving the right hands, you know, referee goes to stop him. Reigns looks at him and then McIntyre comes out, grabs him, throws him in the corner. I thought that ah, was quite a nice yeah. thing to do that. Oh my gosh. Um, now that you've just said it, I've just thought, <laughs> yeah, that is like a very Undertaker move thing to do. And I'm oh, sure... I'm definitely going to have to go back and, and rewatch all the matches because I want to yeah. see if there's any other references. I'm sure there was, but after, you know what I mean, uh, staying up that amount of time, I wasn't going to go back and check it, but I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty tired after that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people realise staying up until, you know, four o'clock in the morning is, is kind of not a normal thing yeah. to do, but we had to. I think to, that they should actually you know? commend us Brits that do make that dedication to spend stay up at time to, just to watch it. You know, we should get more credit for that. Yeah, or day off at work. I'm t- I'll take it, you know, like, if, you know, if that I'd was a treat. You know, I'd be happy with that too. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, every pay-per-view. Yeah, he'd have a day off. Uh, we then see Reigns answering with a Claymore attempt with a Superman punch. McIntyre fought out the guillotine choke, but still couldn't execute the Claymore. Reigns posted McIntyre, sending the champion shoulder first into the steel post. He then went for a spear, but McIntyre rolled through and applied a Kimura lock. But the stunned big dog made it to the ropes. On the floor, Reigns caught McIntyre and drove him through the announce table after two attempts. He then speared him through the guardrail, um, rolled it back in the ring and only got a two. And at that moment, I did make a little jump. Because, you know, when you think certain matches go in certain ways, Reigns yeah, take you think, it through oh, the no, table. Twist it. <laughs> yeah, through the barrier, throw back in, you go, oh, you're going to beat him like that. And then McIntyre gets shoulder off and you're going, no, no, wait a minute, he's still in this one. He's still yeah, I was, I was I was shocked, but in a good way about that. I liked that he kicked out of that. Right, uh, and then Reigns hit a spear, and uh, McIntyre kicking out again, which Reigns at this point is getting really, really frustrated. McIntyre's, you know, showing his toughness, and then McIntyre finally delivered a claymore, but Reigns hit the referee, and, and ref bumps can work certain ways where you go, oh, that was going to work. This one was kind of like, oh, whoa, no, that was well done, that was. Uh, yeah, I thought it ref. was really well executed. And then we see Jay Uso appearing. Uh, Reigns hit a low blow. Uso followed with a super kick. Reigns then hit a Superman punch and applied the guillotine for the victory. So McIntyre didn't get pinned or tap mm. out. He passed out. It also mm. brings Jay Uso for what we heard earlier in the night, getting eliminated, letting SmackDown down and coming back and helping his family member. It all delivered in a nice little bow. And it was an incredible match as well. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I was really pleased with the ending, um, especially with seeing sort of the inclusion of Jay as well. I mean, overall, as soon as the match was over, I just kept on saying to myself, please, uh, Roman, please do accept Jay um, back. And just, (laughs) I've got a sweet spot for them. I don't want them to split up. So I'm like, please let him. 
so it was a really nice uh, way to end it um especially with sort of like at the end just them embracing one another but also seeing the frustration come from drew mcintyre knowing that he, he wasn't beat he was just passed out so and i think that protected him well as well because as i said before i do see the likes of like you know reigns versus uh, drew being a wrestlemania match potentially uh, so that could potentially open up uh, more storyline uh, to come with, between them well, let's not forget, we've seen McIntyre and Reigns at WrestleMania before, but this was completely different because that yeah. was a face Reigns and a Hill McIntyre. And McIntyre's improved his position in the company immensely over this past year. Yeah. We talk about the respect of to become a two-time, um, you know, champion for the, you know, UK champion for the first time, so to speak. But to do it with no crowds throughout the majority of the year, I think he needs to get a special, you know, especially in like five or six or ten years' time when we've kind of gone back to normal. Matt, I mm. think, needs credit during this time to realise what a difficult job it was, but, you know? Yeah, yeah, so that he can be yeah, given sort of like that that sort of tenure of experiencing what it's like to be a champion with the crowd there because he deserves that. He, we all deserved really, to have been able to have attended wrestlemania and it sucks that you know sort of they've had to carry on with you know doing their job and entertaining us fans throughout it it would be really kind of like a, a nice rewards if like you said uh when things are back to normal and there are uh, crowds again that that he can have that sort of that moment i think we have that and i think you know WWE building stars is maybe not something done but only because on certain levels and it took john cena certain levels certain years to to get on the level of like a rock because obviously we know like the rock mm. and the untaker and austin are kind of like the go-to guys cena yeah. eventually got to that level and with reigns they're trying it but you know no yeah. offense to brock lesnar but it's about who you beat and i think with yeah. mcintyre the way mcintyre performed the, the match itself was was fantastic when two big guys are going at it this is what you want and mcintyre yeah, took reigns biggest shot and you know reigns had to you know underhanded tactics if McIntyre can get a victory over Reigns at like a Wrestlemania clean in the mm. middle of the ring I think that will what that will do because you know people say it's not yeah. about winning but you you need to be people you know what I'm saying you need yeah, to, yeah. To, to be a great you you know at least with Randy Orton you know and Edge and, and whoever at least they've you know beaten the Undertaker at least they've beaten yeah. uh, John Cena you know uh, and I think this is the problem something that you can actually look back on and say yeah well look at all what they've accomplished you know um so i agree with you there you know every generation has a great rivalry whether it will be you know the rock and austin or you know you go back to you remember hogan warrior at wrestlemania yeah yeah reverence because he's so closely associated with the shield and how great that was if he can find a rival to kind of make you forget about that and i think mcintyre reigns have that potential because yeah. of how great the match was as well. The match was, like I say, personally for me, it was my match of the night, you know? Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I do agree with you, though. It, it was up there with the top matches. Uh, well, I'd say, what was your score out of five for that one? So I would give that a 4.5. I think that would be fair enough. Prediction-wise, uh, Select Match Pod and I both went range. So the final scores, the WNR does win. Beat select match pod that is four three in prediction. So we've got we've got Congrats, a win back. WNR. Yeah, you got a win. <laughs> got my win back. I've, the only time 
uh, I have been beaten this year was the last event, and I've got my win back. So I'm more than happy yep. about that. Uh, <laughs> poll poll wise, 57% went Drew McIntyre in that match, which is quite surprising. I think a lot mm. of British fans was out there. Uh, that yeah, was it, it, could, the, it could also stop. be that you know that he he's coming off the the recent win of getting the title back. So who knows? They probably thought who knows he could pull it out. I think well, this will be interesting to see. I mean, with Roman and. Uh, Drew, I mean, what would you rather see for Roman Reigns now? To see the Jey Uso storyline um, finish with Jay maybe getting a victory over Roman, or do you want to see maybe someone else in that position? You know, yeah, if, if so, leave- uh, you know it, it, I think it really should predominantly be that uh, once Jimmy's back in action, uh, him and Jay just kind of start looking to dominate the tag team division and actually build on the reputation of that, of the tribal chief of Roman Reigns. Like that's what he's, that's the storyline that he's going with right now is that you need to represent for, for me, for this family, you know, we need to be at the top of the division. So I don't really see there being any more rivalry between Jimmy and uh, what Jay, sorry. And uh, Roman, Um, I, I see them actually becoming a stronger faction with having Jimmy come back and them actually starting to dominate too. Or that, in my opinion, it should be the way that they look to go at that and actually have Roman uh, start looking to uh, make his moves on some of the p- powerhouses within SmackDown. You know, he's got he's got to start kind of branching out. It can't consistently be him versus his own cousin. Like, that's not how he wants his title reign to go. No, and I think it would be interesting, especially if maybe Daniel Bryan can get involved or something mm-hmm. like that. I think a, a match with, with Reigns uh, would be really, really good. But it's an interesting time, and that's what I liked about Survivor Series, was the fact that, you know, it's with McIntyre and Reigns, and even Oscar and Banks, you know, you're going, do you know what? If they can get the rivalries correct, then the next few months leading up to WrestleMania might actually be quite exciting, as opposed to what we normally have, you know? Definitely. All right, so then we had The Undertaker Farewell. Well, what happened? Well, we had Jeff Hardy, JBL, Kevin Nash, Rikishi, Big Show, Shane McMahon, The Godwins, The Godfather, Savio Vega, Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, Booker T, Ric Flair, Triple H and Kane all hit the ring for the final farewell of The Undertaker. Now, a quick few things. Of course, Shane McMahon faced Undertaker at WrestleMania 32 in hell in a cell. Big Show faced The Undertaker at WrestleMania 19 and at Survivor Series 2008. Um, JBL, wrestling is Justin Hawk Bradshaw in 1996 was wrestling The Undertaker when Mankind made his debut the night after WrestleMania. Um, Jeff versus Taker, of course, Jeff Hardy in a ladder match in 2002 was, was something else to begin with. Um, Foley, of course, King of the Ring 1998, and he faced him in pay-per-view in uh, Survivor Series 1996 as well. And then we had the uh, Bone Street crew, or the BSK, who came out. And the group consisted of James Harrison, Untaker, Savio Vega, Henry Godwin, Godfather, Midian, Yokozuna, Brian Adams, Rikishi, Paul Bearer, Mr. Fuji. And they began in 1993 in WWF, and they basically stood up to the click during these times. So when Shawn Michaels was misbehaving, then they would um, make sure that he would uh, pay the piper, so to speak. Um, Savio Vega, it was good to see Savio Vega. He wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 12. Um, mm. which I thought was quite funny when uh, Austin was the ringmaster. Um, oh, wow. The entrances did take wrestler. Um, Shawn Michaels, for me, greatest mania match ever uh, with Undertaker. I am a huge Undertaker fan. 
Uh, what are your mm. thoughts on the dead? What are your thoughts on the dead man? I mean, I, I as as you said, I'm a huge fan too. I remember when Undertaker came into it. Um, I was very young. Um, he terrified me. Uh, he actually used to be part of my nightmares. And then, you know, there's me watching it 30 years later, and I am literally crying my eyes out at seeing him, like you know, sort of depart from this. I think the biggest disappointment that came from the whole sort of segment was how weird it was to see everyone sort of come out and I was expecting them to all sort of have a bit of a chit chat or reminisce. Um, but then all of a sudden, like we came back from break and then it was just Vince McMahon in the ring um, and he was just about to sort of call him out. So I was a little bit disappointed. I thought we were going to get, you know, a bit of nostalgia come from those, uh, all of those that you, you mentioned uh, previously. Um, but I don't feel like it needed to be long. So I felt like, uh, with how the undertaker uh handled his goodbye it was really well done um and yeah the paul bearer um viewing at the end really just got me at the end <laughs> uh, i think i think we're out of doubt we'll get onto that in a, in a second because um that's a huge undertaker man i'm a bit disappointed rikishi didn't mention the fact he ran over stone cold steve austin at survivor series 1999 <laughs> i think yeah. he should have got the mic and actually said that uh rick flair yeah. was there as well uh wrestlemania 18 he told, uh, when Untaker picked him, Flair said, I can't go, I'm an old man. And Untaker said, no, you'll be all right, don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, games, the game is the only man that faced him three times at WrestleMania. Of course, Kane, yeah. two times at Mania, as far as 1998 as well. Um, yeah. And, of course, buried him live in 2003. And like I said, the Metallica feud video package, uh, I've seen Untaker promo packages, and yeah. it didn't really, I don't want to say do anything for me, but it was just your generic Undertaker highlight package, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. I don't feel like they made, like, as as big a deal about it, but I also know that there's a lot of comments of people thinking that this still isn't the last that we're going to see of him. So, I don't know, it's, it's kind of 50-50. I want to say that it's a real goodbye, but, I mean, is it ever going to be? I mean, is he? I, I'm sure that he could be, you know, mentoring a lot of the young talent there and stuff. So I don't think that the Undertaker will ever be gone. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see, won't we? Yeah. Well, I'd uh, say so we'll get into that in just a second because like, so we had the introduction of Vincent Mann, who was standing in the ring and he looked really upset and he said, um, 30 years, 30 long, arduous years. That's three decades for anybody who didn't know. Uh, three decades said his injuries and hardships he's endured and stricken fear in the hearts of, if not terror in the hearts of almost everyone here in the ring. And at the same time, entertain the global audience, be it WWF or, of course, WWE Universe currently, which broke the internet then when he said WWF. Um, He said it's an an end of an era. We say goodbye. The legacy of the Untaker will live on internally, which uh, made me think, like I said, in... um, Last ride, uh, obviously anybody, you know, go check it out if you haven't caught it. He's talking about, you know, wanting to train up the, the young guys in NXT. You imagine the Triple H, Shawn Michaels and Untaker together in NXT training the young guys. What an environment that would be, you know. That would be uh, just an honour in itself to be, like, I think that could actually elevate NXT in itself, to, you know, even for the audience to know that and undertaker sort of training these young individuals um that would be an amazing thing to just sort of kind of see come across in in future wrestlers 
It'll be crazy. And then um, Vincent Mann introduced his company's greatest creation one last time. The Phenom took to the squared circle and cut a brief promo saying, for 30 long years, I've made that slow walk to this ring. They've laid people to rest time and time again. And now my time has come. My time has come to let the Undertaker rest in peace. And he knelt down as a hologram of Paul Bear appeared. And I lost my shit. Not going to yeah. lie. I, I have been, a, you know, 1992. I remember seeing Undertaker versus Kamala, seeing the, this man for the first time. First, mm. you know, experience of wrestling. And he's been there ever since. Even when I've given up on wrestling for, you know, a few months, few years and come back to it, he was always mm. there. And I think yeah. the Paul Bearer thing, um, over the weekend I'd watched like the Mortician, the documentary on the network and stuff like this. Mm. And when it happened, I was just like, shit, you got me in. Yeah. And fair play. Uh, I, will I wasn't say the commentary, expecting it. No, without a doubt. And like you said, the, the, the commentator's not saying anything as well during the whole entrance. It just meant a little bit more. Yes, it was a shame yeah. there was no crowd. You know, horrible mm. there was no crowd there. But what yeah. I reckon and what I hope is they don't bring him back for a match, but maybe not this year, maybe the following year Hall of Fame as the, the main event attraction. He can make an, he can take a WrestleMania entrance one last time, you know? Yeah. Come down yeah. the aisle, WrestleMania. That would be perfect so that, you know, the, those in attendance can finally actually say their goodbyes. I mean, like I said, there was something about wrestling that brings out the child in all of us and, and seeing a guy that had been around there for the majority of my life finally going away even if it's not even if he does come back I, do, you, do you know what he's one of those guys i'm just going to be like he's not like a goldberg in my eye. yeah Undertaker. i'm not going to get annoyed but no if, if he, he wants did, to come, he back, come back yeah let him you know what i mean he's, he's yeah. dead man what, what have you done he's done 30 years you know yeah yeah if he wants to come back because if he just wants to relive his days then i'm happy with that because that will just entertain me in my days do you know what I'm saying? Like so many. This is the thing. I was trying to think of a favourite match or moment, and mm. there was just so many that I. Could, I mean, have you got a favourite uh, Undertaker match or moment? I mean, I the think thing it's, it's got to be. Is I I can without a doubt tell you now that is is Undertaker and Mick Foley. Um, that Hell in a Cell match uh, where he uh fl- threw him down. Oh my gosh, yeah, I remember watching that match and just being amazed. This is the thing, in 92, like I said, when I started watching, and then as a kid, you kind of go away from it. And it wasn't until about mm. 98, 98 when I saw that, and I thought, oh, is that what wrestling's become? Yeah. This is what oh, it's I, like. Okay. Yeah, exactly. um, I might oh, I might watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, I, for me, I obviously didn't, um, wasn't around when he first came into it, but I had to go back and kind of watch um, all of his content and just really see what it was like when he first came into it because of what, he just amazed me so much. So, yeah, if he comes back again, I'm never going to complain about it. No, about that. And you know, as a, what was, how old was I? It's like a five or a four year old child and seeing him go, Kamala, you will rest <laughs> in peace. It was just like, I will never forget that moment. You know, never <laughs> ever. I remember so... my mum having a go at my dad for introducing uh, my sister and I to wrestling because after we first saw him, we were so scared we couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there was something, yeah. about, he bought into that character so much. And, and yeah. like I said, for 
for 30 years. He's not really kind of, this has been the first year, the first couple of years that we've seen behind the curtain. And, you know, if he wants to sit back and, you know, make thousand pounds on, on 30 second videos or whatever it is, then so be it. He's deserved it because he's yeah. put his body on the line. And that's really on the w- yeah. Uh, I mean, we've done four specials of The Undertaker. Um, mm. I think that's got rid of that got rid of two co-hosts. You know, what I mean, the man I wanted to see yeah. of the Undertaker because of how much that was over time. And yeah. uh, there's still a part of me that maybe can't believe it and doesn't want to. Yeah. Because then once that happens, it's like, you know, talk about building new stars and who's going to be the next guy. You know, who's going to be the next person that we're going to look at and go, oh, that's a the yardstick that's what WWE is all about you know and, and yeah. it's going to be it's going to be so I'm actually getting quite depressed thinking about like, <laughs> well let's just keep our let's keep our fingers crossed that he he is going to be going and training you know sort of talent in within the NXT because that would be a real exciting time then I I, I want to believe that he's not it's not forever that he's gone um i want to believe that like he will make make a return so let's hold on to that hope yeah exactly like oravar is always uh see you later it's not goodbye so hopefully yeah. um so match of the night when it came to survivor series as a whole my match of the night was mcintyre versus reigns main event uh i do mm. believe yours was bank versus oscar Are you happy with that choice it was it was indeed <laughs> Um, so what was your, uh, well, person of the night, I've got to say my person of the night is The Undertaker. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to have to go with that too. If, we, if we're if we talking wrestlers um, that actually performed, then I would have said Bianca Belair, but overall person of the night. Yeah, it was really all about The Undertaker and the homage to him and stuff. And I got really worked up um, right at the end. So they they did it well there yeah no they they did it really really well and uh overall um rating of the event what would you give it out of 10 um i'd give it a seven a seven a seven wow i, I, I think well, my but, i mean because are... there was no storyline that that's going to be carried on from this i mean I, I could go higher in terms of the undertaker if we're adding that on but i was are we are we adding him in or is it just about the i'm, I'm adding everything Oh, okay. I imagine well, the pay-per-view okay. and the Undertaker thing. Okay, well, if we're gonna, I didn't know if we were just doing the pay-per-view. So if we're adding Undertaker in, then yeah, I'd definitely give it an eight point five. But I didn't mean to push you on that one. It's just because my score. No, I, uh, I didn't. <laughs> um, I didn't actually think to to consider him. I thought you were just um on about the matches that took place itself. So I that was my bad then. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's only my fault because I've given it a nine and a quarter, and I thought, wait uh, a minute. <laughs> But that's predominant. But that's predominantly because of the Undertaker, though. Because look at how how high my score shot up after you yeah. you said we're including that too. So well, it's saying that saying that though. I mean, the Street Profits New Day was a four and a half five star type of matchup. The mm. um, the main event for me was a kind of five star matchup. And uh, yeah. like I said, the, the women's and the men's. I, I think overall the action. I mean, because the action was probably over, you know, like... It's probably, it was it's probably been some of the best that we've seen this year, to be honest, like, in terms of all of the matches. Um, so, yeah, it definitely is up there. Like, you talk about, there's no kind of meaning to it, but then again, mm. if this leads to a McIntyre and Roman Reigns uh, WrestleMania main event, 
then, then I might have... might have to if it does then I might have to <laughs> rechange my score <laughs> we'll come back to that <laughs> for the continuity I'll have to change it for the continuity if they stick with this let's see where that, they that's go it. the matches were really really good uh, I think all yeah. matches delivered I don't think there's one that you thought oh that's not great yes a couple of finishes weren't great but I think the matches yeah. were good um yeah the event shot shot along as a whole and like you said it's it's kind of to sit down and watch all that, I think it's it's kind of the, one of the best W pay-per-views they've done all year. And I think they're finally getting yeah. used to kind of no crowds as well in a weird way. It was, it's, especially when you compare it to the likes of WrestleMania this year. I'm not saying it wasn't like the greatest, but, you know, like they've come so far. And I think, you know, coming towards the end of the year, this was a really good pay-per-view and probably one of the top ones of this year. Yeah, no, I would agree with that one. Um, but that is it for Survivor Series. Any final thoughts on the entire Survivor Series event? Um, not really, unless you just want to kind of talk about talk more into the Undertaker and how great he is. You know, that was what I took uh, from the ending of it. Really, is just great appreciation for the Undertaker and just how much he did for the business, and just a big thank you to him. I think on that note, we'll leave that for Survivor Series. Like I said, thank you. Mm. Uh, our next episode will be WCW in 2000. Yes, the favourite shit show everybody likes. Uh, our <laughs> follower of the week is at Aaron Wilson, WWE. And that is it. Don't forget, don't forget you can follow us across all social media. Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. Uh, we're also on uh, Facebook, the WNR Podcast and Instagram. I'm at the WNRJR on Twitter. Do you want to just plug your Instagram and your Twitter quickly as well? Yep, I'm at Jaxie Scarlet on both Instagram and Twitter, so please do come say hi. Without a doubt, check her out there. And across all the Google platforms, send us an email, the Double Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, Double Podcast, with the latest clips, and they go at the same time on YouTube as they do SoundCloud on your phone. Uh, we're also on Stitcher and iTunes, make it download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, WW in 2000. But until then, I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by Jaxie Scarlett. Either or, it doesn't work. <laughs> I was going to say the fabulous Jaxie Scarlett, but you can thank say it yourself you. as well. Oh, uh, it's yeah, been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. I do look forward to next month and TLC. Yes, you will be back for TLC in December. I cannot wait for that. Uh, but for today, like I said, thank you for uh, being on the podcast and really, really, pre- really, really appreciated. No, greatly appreciated my end too. Okay, that is it, everybody. Thanks for listening and bye.